The Temple Commute, Season 7, Episode 3, in which we return to Room 101. Hi everyone, Sean here. So yeah, we're going back to room 101 today and we're going to have a round table where we discuss some things we'd like to put in room 101. If you're a regular listener to the Tefl Commute, then you'll know that we first went there in season four, episode four. So it's time to revisit. And joining me around the table today are... I'm Lindsay Clanfield, co-host of the Tefl Commute. This is James Taylor, regular producer of the Tevil Commute. Hi, and I'm Kerry, Kerry Jones, a, an occasional guest on the Tevil Commute. Yeah, sorry, Kerry, we rather set you up there, didn't we? Regular, regular, occasional. Uh, we don't see you as occasional. Anyway, let's go and get on with the, uh, let's get on with the, the episode. So Room 101 Revisited. So Room 101 is the, uh, the place where you put all your, uh, all your fears, your greatest fears. In this case, we're going to put things related to language teaching. If you've never heard of Room 101 before, check out 1984 by George Orwell. At this point in an episode, Lindsay would probably say this is a podcast about, uh, about teaching in which the subject of teaching might or might not come up, but it will definitely come up today so in turn i'm going to invite the people around the table to give me their answer uh to the topic we have chosen and then after we've all had a chance to have some input we'll decide which was the worst one okay folks are you ready yep i'm ready okay okay so our first topic is questions we get from students or family or friends about tefl James, would you like to tell us uh, your question? Yeah, sure. Well, I I, uh, I was reading a, a book the other day uh, called uh, Messaging by George Woolard. I don't know if you've heard of it, Lindsay. Yes, yes, yeah, no, great little book. Fine, then. fine publication. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you'd agree. And in that book, he was talking about how uh, people that uh, in his family and friends sort of act with amazement at the fact that he doesn't use the student's language when he when he's teaching English. And so basically there, yeah, that's my question, is the, the, the thing that people say. But how do you teach English if you don't use their language? You know, I think uh, that's that's the thing that confuse, seems to confuse uh, people who aren't English teachers. I don't know if you guys have, uh, have been on the end of that question as well. I, I, I have, but... Uh... But I te- now I teach in Spain where I do speak their language and, 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 and will use it as part of the teaching. So it hasn't happened to me for a while. It's kind of this perception, I guess, you know, that people go go off to a country to teach and this presumption that therefore they must speak the language, isn't it? Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, obviously I teach uh, mainly in Oxford now, so I've got multilingual classes, so that doesn't come up very often. Uh, uh, I don't know. I've had, I've had that come up when I was teaching okay. in the UK. People would go... Wow, how many languages do you speak? Ah, you know, okay. That kind of expecting that you can speak all of the different languages that are in yeah. the classroom. Yeah, which would be nice, wouldn't it? So, yeah, I s- <laughs> <laughs> it'd be lovely if we did. Yeah, it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, okay, so uh, James has opened up then, well, well, but how can you do that if you can't speak the language? Kerry, what would you like to put in Rewa 101 for this topic? Okay, mine's an even kind of 
bigger, more open question. It's the actual whole question of, you know, but what is your job? Because then when you say teacher, they automatically think that I teach in a school, you know, sort of like a, a mainstream state school. And then, you know, so they, they automatically think I teach kids. And, um, and so there's so many little hurdles of, well, no, I don't teach in a school. Well, no, actually, I teach adults. Well, what do you teach adults? And it becomes there's people who've never had a language course as an adult just get completely confused by the whole concept. And... And, and I think we both just get bored with the conversation before it even comes to an end. So that's my most hated. Yeah. I, I, had a, I had exactly that kind of exchange once with an immigration officer going into the UK. I don't know why I had to prove myself as I was entering my own country. But anyway, and then he, um, and he was, yeah, exactly that thing. Going, oh, OK, you're a teacher. Which school do you work in? Well, I, actually, I don't, I, I don't work in a school. And he's like... What? Yeah. How can you? Strangely enough, I, ha I, I had this, that question asked to me about three hours ago when I did say I'm a teacher. Oh, in secondary. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like, but if you don't work in a school, then how can you be a teacher? I was like, well, there are other ways. Grown-ups have lessons yeah. too. <laughs> to teach, yes, yeah. And also uh, there's that thing, oh, you're an English teacher, so you teach Shakespeare. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's true as well. Or, or <laughs> I guess I'd better watch my grammar then, ha-ha. Oh, yes. Which, yeah. I, to be fair, is probably true. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I, my, speak, it's right, I, I, speak for yourself. Do you not correct, do you not correct people? I correct my family all the time on their grammar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, they must love yeah. you. Oh, you're that, oh, you're that <laughs> guy. There, 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 are, there are other reasons behind that, Carrie, but yeah. anyway. You, uh, you're that guy. Okay. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, what my, my sister did did uh, buy me that the, I think it's a meme now, but many years ago, the cup that, you know, that says I'm silently, I'm sat here silently correcting your grammar. So, you know. Um, Lindsay, we've had two good openers yeah. there. Uh, what, what are you bringing into this topic? Okay, the question I get from friends or acquaintances or people I know about being a teacher is not just restricted to TEFL. I think most teachers get this. It's along the lines of like, oh, wow, you, you, you know, great long holidays. So this is more as a North American, yeah. where in North America, there's a, a tendency for very short holidays, unlike in Europe, where you might have longer holidays. But still, that kind of like, oh, it's great to have long holidays, which really would bother me when, uh, when I, you know, a few years when I was teaching at a private school, I wouldn't be paid for the long holidays. So lots yeah. of language teachers in the private sector finish that you're given a nine month contract. You finish a contract in June and then you that's why everyone runs off to do summer schools in the UK or the US or wherever, because you don't get paid your long holidays like perhaps some state school teachers get paid. So it was that was often sort of an annoyance for me that that question there. Yeah, and actually, I think for me, that's got more annoying the longer I've been in the profession because actually, I get summer, and I think it's probably the same for you, uh, Lindsay, especially, that is, is one of my busiest times because that's when a lot of the teacher training courses are. So yeah. we actually work throughout that. But that, do American, the North Americans have short holidays? Because I know that their, my, their, my their school brother, system finishes well, well, my, well before I, the no, British the school, one. Oh, the schools have their long holidays. That's, that's the right. same. But most people working, like, I mean, in Europe, I think it's four or five weeks mandatory in, in France and Spain or things like that. Whereas right, right. Where I if, guess you're on, if you're on a year long contract, but my brother after 10 years as an engineer, senior engineer finally got up to three weeks holiday in the year, you know, like his third paid week was a big thing in the family yeah. that was after ages. So, yeah. 
It's uh, it's true. Okay, so uh, if you'd like to know what I'm going to bring to the counter, I'm not going to bring a current question. I'm going to bring something that used to annoy me uh, when I first started, uh, uh, and for many years when I first started. It's when are you going to get a proper job? Uh, and uh, I think yeah, the impression, yeah. I think, uh, I think EFL has changed, but obviously way back when, when I first started, it, uh, it was very much a, a kind of this perception of the backpacking holiday, go teach abroad, especially since I went to Greece, uh, I guess, a nice hot country uh, for teaching uh, with, but it used to annoy me uh, no end, you know, and then after I got very qualified and became reasonably good at the job, it still annoyed me, to, you know, when are you going to get a proper job? Uh, well, I think uh, I think it. it does get more annoying the more one gets qualified, and then the more you resent people who actually do go in the profession like that. So I think that's the one of the banes of the ELT world, isn't it? Is the one of the sort of the lodestones around the, the neck of ELT is 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 the infamous backpacker teacher. Yeah, but what what's quite interesting from all four questions is I think is how much there is how much we uh, there is a an odd perception of our industry. Oh, uh, I, you know, all four things are in common. This long holidays, need to teach the language, you know, not a proper job, those kind of things. Maybe we're still having, we, we have issues with image that we need to, as an industry, address. There you go. Political soapbox on, in room 101. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Uh, so, uh, so which of those things shall we get rid of? Which, which question, uh, which, which question Ooh, are know. we going to put in the room? It's difficult. Oh, all I don't know them. if we'll be able to. I think we might have to say all of them. Yes, don't just if you, ever, if you ever meet us, if you ever meet us, don't ask us those questions. Yeah, but come on, that's not how the rules work, is it? We got to decide on one. Okay, so I th I think that the global "what is your job" question could it doesn't include the holidays though, does it? I think the holidays. No, but it is kind the, of does. Yeah, I it think kind of does. I think the holidays is the most yeah, annoying I, one. Yeah. Uh, okay, no. so uh, I, 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 what what is your job? I think is is the one that annoys me the most now. So I'm going to go for that one. <laughs> so what does that mean? Well, <laughs> That's my choice. I, I believe I'm well, you're, you're the moderator. I'm, you so, choose. I'm the I moderator. Think... I've chosen. Kerry, your question is in room okay. 101. Thank Yay. you very much. There you go. <laughs> Thank right. you, Sean. And we'll be back with category two after this break. Hello, producer James here with a quick message to say thank you for listening to this the seventh season of the Tefl Commute podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's easy, just get in touch with us at our email address, tefelcommute at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, back to the show. Okay, welcome back to Room 101 Revisited. We've already got rid of a question, and now we're going to get rid of a topic. So our second category is topics we don't like teaching now. Okay, so topics we don't like teaching now. Uh, Lindsay, would you like to open up for us? Okay, well, see, now that now that I know that I'm, I'm, I'm not pitching this in general, I'm pitching it to you because you're going to be the oh, one deciding. No. I'm, I'm approaching <laughs> this like, like a tackle fight. You know, I've oh, got to get no, my no, one no. in. All right. So here's here's my one. This topic is one which is, you know, you, you really feel like it should be in there. And people who aren't in education think that this topic is vitally important to teach. And you always talk about this is it's really we must have something on this. It's got to be in the syllabus. It's got to be in the book. you got to teach something like this. But, you know, if you're a teacher, you will understand why 
what I'm saying here. And the topic I choose is the environment. It is so hard to make a really kind of fun slash interesting and uh, not depressing um, and more importantly, uh, uh, outcome oriented class than one on the environment and like climate change and stuff in general. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it's um, not important or it, it cannot be interesting. It could be interesting, but just doesn't seem to go anywhere. Like these topics about, I don't know, uh, uh, an inconvenient truth or, 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 or melting polar caps or changing weather because of uh, climate change or even climate change denial or, or any of those kind of things that might kind of go around the environment or like, you know, protecting parks or green spaces. It's, it's, it always tends to seem worthy and, and it's very hard to see what people would say about it at the end, because everyone is kind of left. If you want a class where a topic where everyone is going to be talking and you might have different opinions, the environment is not your best choice. That's my thing. Just, just a, a follow up question on that, Lindsay. Obviously, you're you're a, a writer as well. Yeah. Is, is your is your um, is your dislike of that topic also because it's difficult to write about? You struggle. Maybe it is. Maybe it, it probably is. And Carrie will probably attest to because I probably complained about this with her, commiserated with her because we've written on on projects together. But probably it is because writing the material uh, uh, your, your climate change or an environmental lesson just is is hard to think of like where it goes at the end so even thinking of like really amazing uh amazing examples of terrible storms or amazing it's just sort of what happens yeah. at the end what do the students talk about you know like like where, where do you get to a situation in, in that topic where it isn't everyone just kind of shaking their head and saying either oh i know isn't that terrible you know, it's sort of like this. The, the, where else is it going to go? It's not. It's not like choosing clothes or or talking about families or talking about films or talking about um, entertainment, technology, internet. You know, where you could have a variety of, of, of opinions. The the there there is almost a, a consent a global consensus or should be on on the climate, unless you have someone who's like a complete climate change denier, and then that that makes a topic pretty awful in class if you have someone saying yeah. that's all untrue. I mean, I wouldn't wouldn't want to be in that situation, like some kind of mini. It's like discussing yeah exactly and, and saying and saying this is all just untrue and you know giving me all of that stuff that, that wouldn't make it more fun um so it's i, I I'm, I'm kind of smirking to myself because and i know that you're not um obviously uh, you are somebody that, that as a person is you know very pro uh, environment and all that oh but yeah we started sure. podcast, no we started podcasting because you were a member of the global issues especially i know through, uh, i know uh, that, that's kind of that's the reason we started podcasting and now you're sat here going i know well, um, i but I've always felt that the environment, there are other global issues one can do, but I've always felt the environment no, 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 was, the, I, was the difficult one. I, I remember a specific moment of going, okay, so today's class, we're going to talk about um, global warming and this sort of collective intake from these teenage students and this sort of sort of eye roll yeah. like a mexican wave that went across the classroom yeah. it's just like oh god not this again <laughs> I know. because the thing I, is they've, I, they've done it yeah. loads of times right in english class but the thing is they don't just get it in english class as well they're getting it in other subjects as well when they're at school so they're just like oh man are we talking about climate change yet again you know it's just like it's, it's and so I can. So, do we actually understand. need to hear any more arguments then? Because you're all pretty well, much saying. Oh, well, go on, go on. <laughs> I've made my case. I'm, gonna so, go. I'm, I'm lying down so, now. So, uh, uh, James, uh, what 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 are you gonna uh, gonna try and nudge environment out with? 
when I think about um, teaching with course books, uh, which I'm not against, of course, but the pro- one of the big problems I have with them is the, the subject matter. And, and of course, if you teach a, num- a number of course books at the same time and over a course of you know, months and years, then you see, the, like, you get those kind of topics, the environment being an example, where it just keeps coming back and back and back and back, right? So you're like, oh, this again, you know. And one of those, one of the, one of the, those topics, the one that I find most tiresome, even though I, I really love the subject uh, outside of the classroom, is technology. Well, every time I see a technology unit in a class book, I just, in a, in a course book, I just think, oh, no, here we go again. Because... This book was published, I don't know, written three or four years ago. And it might as well have been like, oh, do you use yeah. a fax machine? I mean, like, there's no... I just don't understand. I mean, I know there's two course book writers here. But I, I just... I, if I was writing a course book, I would try and maybe find a way of using technology. But don't talk about technology now. Because no matter what you do, it is going to be out of date. You know? And, and, then, uh, and then it's my job is to repair it. What you're forgetting in this process is this sway of the editor, James. Well, I know, I know, I know there may be reasons, but I just like every time I, I open, I look at it and go, "Oh man, my students, are, especially with teenagers, they're going to look at it and think, oh, what is this?'" You know, and then they're being asked to, you know, you see course books even with things like MySpace and and things like that. And you think, <laughs> yeah. "Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's well, all course books, man. You got You got You got to keep." You got to keep up with the. Uh, that, that's a planned so, obsolescence. So you've got to basically <laughs> got to buy a, buy a new course book every two years. Well, obsolescence is always a good way of coming at it. <laughs> yeah. So let's have a look at this page. What what on this yeah. page no, has the, this? The, the, I, I have to admit that more and more now in course books, we're often talking about if you can avoid it, ha- avoid having images of phones. Or people holding phones. Oh yes, because we're, we're unless you're going for the retro. Yeah, because that's always the way yeah. in as well. Is like let's just make it the all first. The, all the, all ret- retro yeah. is coming back. Well, I mean, unless you want to do it in, in I don't know. I was thinking you could do it like the technology from the past, and then you could talk about you know. Yeah, like, like the biggest things in the in the in the knots. Yeah. yeah, or it's, what did what did or, people or think technology would be like in the nineteen fifties, and you know, but it, how did they predict the future? With Kerry still to come in, let's just weigh this up a minute. So we've got the, I think, while you might not like the topic, you've already suggested lots of ways that you could use the topic to further conversation, unlike environment, which uh, everybody... Not only are we being judged, but we're being judged on a sort of rolling, continuous basis. I don't know. I don't like this. I think you should wait to the end. I'm going to cut that out. I'm going to recut this. You said Sean, you'd be nice. Right, yes. Let, let's see if this makes the final edit. Kerry, sorry. Let, let, what what topic would you like to uh, ditch and get into room one? Okay, so I'm not going for any preamble. I'm just going for the word itself I find dated. I don't know anybody who has them anymore. Hobbies. <laughs> Hobbies. Really? What's, What's your, your favourite hobby? hobby? You know, and I go like, a hobby? Hobby? I don't have a hobby. I've never had, a, you know, collecting stamps or stuff like that comes to mind and... What's your hobby, Sean? Growing roses. Growing roses. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> silence um, falls over the table. I can't think of many of my teenage <laughs> students who'd be. Able... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think I think nonplus uh, is the yeah, word that kind of pass on to the next student. My reaction okay. to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I think we know what the winner is, but just because, just uh, to, for completion, uh, based on the conversation, I'm actually going to change mine for the one I said uh, in the original uh, notes for the show. Uh, I'm going to go for cultural holidays. It occurs to me that the lesson I hate, the, the, the period I hate teaching the most is Christmas. Oh, okay. Um, mainly because uh, having lived in one country for 14 years, and you know, you see, you get to know what the, so the Czech Republic, for, uh, so you get to know what the routines are for Christmas. So you do the Christmas lesson, you like talk about that, this, that, and the other. And then you have, because your students are new to you, you have to feign interest in all the things that are done at Christmas. You know, oh really, do you have carp? Oh, right. Okay, you know, just to get the, the conversation going. So my entry is uh, is Christmas, but, I think yeah, because you decided <laughs> right at the beginning. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then made that abundantly clear to everybody. So, uh, I, I just can't get out of my mind the image of Sean tending his roses. It with is. Little clippers. <laughs> I'm going, I, 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 I'm, going I, I'm going to post pictures of my roses on, on the uh, webpage now. It, it, it's lovely, you know. You spend all day uh, in technology. Okay, all right, all right. Hold on. No, let's let's anyway. stop this because like, I can feel I can feel he's about to go off on one. So let's let's. This is the bit where you say we have a break, Sean. No, this is the bit where I'm thinking. Where this like, why did I invite to there? Anyway, uh, okay. So uh, we've got one more area coming up after this break. <laughs> Welcome back to Room 101. I think this could possibly the last be the last episode ever of the Tefl Commute, the way we're going at, at, at the Oh, moment. come on, don't be like that. <laughs> um, so, so far today, we have got rid of uh, the question about uh, being, uh, what is your, what is a teacher to you? We've got rid of the environment. And so for our final uh, submission, we are going to look at pronunciation. So our final topic, ladies and gentlemen, is a pronunciation point which pronunciation point would you gladly put in room 101 and kerry would you like to get us up and running with this okay. one okay um my favorite my my most hated my favorite most hated pronunciation point is um the difference between can and can't here here because i really have yes, to make an totally. effort even to say <laughs> can't and it's kind of all part of that bundle of RP stuff and really does it matter you know can't that's fine as well Lindsay how do you say it can't can't but is it can't a philosopher can't okay can't see that's like <laughs> as long as you pronounce a T as, and as long as you're careful that it's not another vowel sound in there then yeah yes quite yeah <laughs> I got, yes all right but it's so, more about it's more about so stress it's more about sentence stress it's not about yeah, sounds that's true. you know you gotta get over true. get over it with these rp sounds and yes. things like bath and bath and tooth <laughs> and tooth and all so, that stuff so, so james the, t the two coursework writers are offering their own little <laughs> the welsh and the canadian how, the welsh and the how, canadian how sticking up for non-rp accents <laughs> i agree with kerry but i just i just want to say that it's not exclusive to RP. I don't speak RP, but I say <laughs> yeah. can't. So. I don't want to be accused of no, speaking that's RP. True. That's true. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, right. Okay, let's move on swiftly. Uh, let's go. Let's actually, James, go on then. What, what are you, let's break up the uh, coursework, right? So, James, what are, you, uh, what are you offering? Well, in an act of blatant self-sabotage, I, uh, I know what you're going to say, because uh, this is actually a point that I do quite enjoy teaching. But the, the, but the, the thing is, I'm looking for your, I'm looking for your clemency because, 
I, uh, if you teach English like I do to, or spent most of my career doing to people who speak Portuguese or Spanish as their first language, then the ed endings are is I, I mean I've just taught it like thousands of times, <laughs> so I actually quite enjoy teaching it. But I mean it's just I mean it's like I, it's almost like every student I've ever had in uh, in in those countries I've had yeah. to teach this to, and you know I, I'm sure anyone who's who's been in uh, who's taught, taught people from those backgrounds. Well, you could argue that ed endings then is is putting food on the table. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, there's other true. things to worry That's about. True. Don't worry. I would agree with you in the part that I enjoy teaching the ED endings. What I find problematic is, and and I, I was after teaching it for a while that I was like, I don't know if it actually matters that much. You know, the, the difference between the T and the D, because in a way, the, the vowel before yeah. it forces that, that doesn't matter. almost in a way. Like, it's really hard not to do it. The, the thing is the extra syllable or not. I mean, that's the, that's the main thing. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. That's the problem. And that's going to misunderstand you for the for a duck ending but, but, instead but of a opened. ending, are they? You know, it's no, yeah, no, but that's not the issue, is it? The issue yeah. is the work it and use it. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, the, that's, that's true. the issue. So, so you don't mind teaching it, but you'd like it to go away as a pronunciation area. Yeah, if you, if, I would very much welcome it being put in room one hundred and one, just so I could, yeah. you know, have a breather, just have a little break from it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, we're not. We're not wholly convinced. I don't think. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Lindsay, can you uh, can you give us your offering? Okay, my one is um, is intonation. Okay, so uh, I think like recently there's been, well, recently, over the past 15, 20 years maybe, uh, uh, more uh, focus on intonation. It, certainly in materials that I've been writing um, for publishers, editors, and stuff like that. Um, I remember when I started teaching, it was all about like sounds, like the ship and sheep book kind of thing um don't do yeah. so much of that anymore so now it's intonation and that's fine for like simple things like you know does a does your intonation rise on a yes no question like do you like do you like chocolate do you like chocolate see even there i'm beginning to uh, doubt myself as opposed to a wh question where are you from <laughs> right where are you from going down but i always find it's like i always get myself in a terrible mix sort of like does it go up does it go down is it an up down and then like where do how do i draw that on the board if i've got it written on the board i'm trying to do it i'm like okay so it kind of goes up and down here and maybe that's just my own shortcomings anyone else have that trouble where you're like here it goes like i can easily <laughs> do a thing going up at the end but there's like the up down and could someone make that for me again? Because I'm 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 drawing a blank on it. Like an up down and is that is that it's like a it's a, there's also this massive so what? You know, it's kinda of, I think true. things much, like much, pausing much and chunking yeah. and uh you know, sentence stress and content word stress and all that kind of thing is is really where it breaks down. If your voice is going up on a statement yeah. rather than down, then maybe you're Australian. You know, it's kind yeah. of that does yeah. that I'm teaching it. It's hellish. I can't hear it. My students certainly. Like, you know, I, I agree with you totally. Yep. Yeah, and, and I wonder if it's... I mean, I know some people have said it's not really even necessary. Like, yeah. it, it comes from... Well, I think the, the thing anyway. is, is to... I, 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 where, so, but then it's hard to sort of say this or, or to put it into materials. Is Often it's sort of like just improve your range. So you get rid of the student. You don't want the student sounding too monotone. But aside from sort of saying you have to try to sound more interested... <laughs> 
you know, like, like widen your range when you're, when you, I mean, it's just hard to well, kind of yes. break it down into like, go up and then down here, as opposed to listen to how I'm saying it and say it like that. Like, um, how are you? Now you say it as opposed to like trying to draw the arrow going up and down or whatever. Right. So are you uh, are you objecting to the arrows or the up and down I, itself? I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 I just find it. I, it's like the whole thing I would just like to put away in the room. That's like all of it. All right. I'm going to be slightly controversial and not just uh, and not have a point. I'm going to have a thing. I'd like to get rid of the phonemic chart. Oh, okay. Here we go. That is controversial. It's about time. It's about we haven't had a controversial one. Which uh, and I do, I'm hoping Adrian doesn't listen to this because I've got to work with him in the summer. But anyway, okay. Um, the, the, you are talking Mark, about the Sound Foundation's pronunciation chart by Adrian Underhill. Yeah, I am. Yes, yep. and I think you know. I, and while I have, I can see purpose in the phonemic script. I think the phonemic charts can sometimes confuse students, and uh, I think when they're being taught by me, especially whose vowel sounds don't really form into the, fall into the ones on the chart, uh, they get very confused of it. And and I remember, um, perhaps as as a more inexperienced teacher, you know, uh, check this again, use their own script. They have their own way of noting down uh, phonemes. So it actually at times felt more confusing to try and go through the chart you, uh, uh, with them because they it was like having to teach them English and then teach them the chart on top of it. So if I'm... But you would actually go, you, what you're against is going systematically through the chart or <clears throat> teaching the chart rather than the chart as a thing. I think the chart on the wall of the classroom should be banned since I can say it because it's room 101 and nobody ever listens to the podcast. So wait a second. Do you think, so So are, you're not just talking about the chart. You're talking about phonetic script in general. The, are you talking about the IPA yeah, should no, be gone? I was trying to, I, no, I was trying to limit it to the chart just to so we didn't get too much. Well, the IPA as well. But yeah, let's get rid of it. Get rid of it all. There you go. No, no, no more no, IPA. No, 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 no. Get rid of the IPA. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Would have made my Dell. Would have made my Dell's for a lot easier. That's that's true. Uh, the the chart is amazing yeah, I mean, to work with trainees. It's so brilliantly done. Like it all makes sense where all the things are. It does. Are it and... does. I just thought I'd go for something slightly more interesting than or Ed or up or down. And I thought, you know, give, give people give people a reason to listen to the podcast. Sooner or later, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna come down to the conclusion we put Sean in room one hundred and one. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, th I think I think many people have wanted to do that many times. Um, I you think have all to choose. Points, but I'll finish on. Uh, actually, no, I need to. And you can't uh, choose your own. I don't. Yeah, know. I have to choose uh, James, don't I? No, I'm choosing James. I'm choosing James uh, for the, the for the reason that, uh, that means you've all had something put in room 101. So, uh, oh, this is one of those game shows, then, is it? Yeah, yeah. That's how it, that's how it works. A pity that's vote, it, but I'll take it. Right. Anyway, that was much fun. It was great. Thank you for thank you for your I uh, for your thoughts and uh, input on that, uh, lady and gentlemen. So that was room 101. Do you agree with us? Do you disagree with us? Feel free to comment. You know how to find us. I'll hand over to my three roundtable colleagues for them to say their goodbyes, and I'll see you next episode. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. As your commute is coming to an end, here is how you can play your own version of the 101 game. The game is useful as a speaking exercise, with students giving a spoken argument for why they like their thing, and then asking and answering follow-up questions. Before the lesson, think of categories for the students to discuss.
Remember, it's people talking about what they most dislike, so you might want to choose categories that are easy to talk about, for example, food, hobbies, and so on. In class, explain the concept of the game, illustrating with your own examples. Put the categories on the board and give the students time to prepare their argument for each. When everyone is ready, put the students into small groups and let them discuss their choices. If you want to add a competitive element, then each round can have a judge to decide which one choice from each category can be banished to room 101. You can find the instructions for these activities at our website www.tefelcommute.com You've been listening to The Tefl Commute, an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any episodes by subscribing to us on iTunes and by visiting us at www.tefelcommute.com. Thank you.